Welcome to the Irresistible Marketing Pod, the podcast that teaches you how to tap into your emotional power to create magical, magnetic marketing in a fun way that attracts money but still lets you get enough sleep. I'm your host, Issa Gauchi, marketing confidence cheerleader and owner of the M. Issa Messaging Digital Marketing Agency. So this episode is inspired by a lot of my new business owners out there who are spending so much time and energy agonizing over branding, how to pick a visual aesthetic to properly communicate the essence of their businesses and offers. So to help you out with your decision-making process and make it more fun and empowered, I brought on an awesome designer, Pam Partington, to teach us about color theory. Enjoy! Hello, Pam. Welcome to the Irresistible Marketing Podcast. Y'all, I brought an awesome designer on today to talk to us all about color theory and how to use it to become more memorable and irresistible to our customers. Pamela, do you mind introducing yourself to the people? Yeah. Hi, I'm Pamela or Pam, Pamela, Pam Partington. Um, I am a creative director and designer. Uh, I own a business called Realistic. And I have been a designer for, I went to college in 2004. So started my design journey there. So it's like over 20 years, something like that. And I have, um, I went into it because I originally, like a lot of designers um, started with a, a, a curiosity with being an artist and being able to you know, wanting to create things and we're visually enjoying visual, visual things and building visual things and painting. And one of the cool things about design is you can actually help people with it. And I wanted to be able to, I always kind of say that my job is being like a visual translator and I'm some, I'm some kind of like mix between like (laughs) a stylist and a like therapist with design, like for your, for your business, but like visually. (laughs) I love that so much. You're a business art therapist. Um, yeah. I know one of the reasons I wanted Pam on this podcast is because before I think I met you in person, we're both in a an entrepreneur group called Upper Left Ladies. I, I saw Pam's picture where she has the most incredible color-blocked pantsuits that were color-coordinated <laughs> with her environment. And I was like, oh, I remember her. I remember her. She had the pantsuit. And I was thinking about that and it was so quick. It was just like a photo that I probably saw for like microseconds. And then when I met Pam in person, I was like, oh, that's that designer that had the amazing colors. And the thing is, so you've probably heard me mention the marketing theory where people typically need to see something about seven times before they remember it enough to have trust enough to make any sort of significant investment. And like literally the color Pam Mm -hmm. chose was the thing that made it stick in my head. So this is a good lead into um, what I wanted to talk with Pam about, which was brand colors, why they're important and what they communicate. So Pam, why do businesses need to put some thought into the colors they choose to represent their business? Well, so actually, you know, it's perfect. Like the example of like you, like remembering me, what is, so I was wearing a yellow suit. What is the color yellow? How does that make you feel? Like, what's the emotion you get when you see yellow? Smiley. I felt like cheerful. (laughs) Yeah. So like generally colors are all based upon, they're like, so our emotions are our decision makers, whether we'd like to admit it or not, they are. So brands 
you want to be able to connect with your audience or your customers like emotional. That's like, like if you can connect with someone emotionally, then you're going to get them. I mean, and what better way to do that? Like color is a huge factor in that subconsciously, really. Um, and some of it, it's, it's interesting. A lot of it comes from, if you go way, way back, it's evolutionary and it's very simple things like, like green grass kind of that lets growth, you know, and, um, you see like fire that would be alarming, right? It's like, so the, we have all these things that kind of have been planted evolutionary within us. And, uh, it's, it, it, that's like what started color theory. So it's really the, why color is important is it creates, it creates an emo, it creates an emotion, which creates connectivity. And that's, what's really cool about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, before they read anything, before they follow anything, before they talk to you, it's like that instant emotional communication with color, right? Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, and I have to always like profit, like put a little disclaimer here because when you're create like thinking about like your colors for your comp your brand, you also have to be really careful uh, with because different cultures and have different like meanings for color. So when you're like picking a color, you have to actually be pretty conscious of: Am I going to be global, or am I going to be staying in the United States? And some colors do have the same. Some of them, are, a lot of them, are fairly like uh, understood and ha- give off the same feeling. But some of them are very different. And so it's like, that's, it's, I love, I love that about it because it can be very vast and different. Um, do you want me to go through some of the colors and what they mean? Yeah. Give us a, a rundown on some color psychology. Cool. Um, so as like what I was saying before, like color, so also color is subjective. So everybody can have, people can have an experience of color that another person doesn't and then decide they don't like it. So that that's kind of, that's where it can be tricky and where people I think sometimes will pick, look, the biggest thing when you're picking a color, so I'm going to just say this before I go into like what colors mean, when you're picking a color as a company, the first thing you need to do, and Issa, I know that you'll like appreciate this. You like need to know who you are as a business and do your brand strategy work. So you need to sit down and be like, who am I? Who am I? Like, like you have to go through and know who you are. And then then you can go into visuals of like your business. If you, your visuals should directly reflect who you are as a company. And if you don't have a brand strategy of like who you are and like your mission statement, because that if your design and your company, that should be reflected because otherwise we've all seen it where companies, even small companies who started out, they were like, well, I just really loved the color orange or I love the color pink. And they were a, you know, a company that didn't really, they have to align because although like you could be like, I love this and, and it works really well if you're a, a coach or a, um, like if you're, if the company is just you and you were like, these are my colors, you'll, you, you may want to sit back and look at why do I like these colors? It's almost like taking stock of who you are. And then I'll go through some of the basic colors. Um, and at the end, uh, Issa will, you know, I have like a document that you can look at later, but, uh, you'll be able to see, you're kind of almost doing like therapy with yourself and be like, what is this? What is it? Are these my values? Your colors should reflect your values of your business. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. And I think also it's a good point. Like the, 
being intentional about the colors you pick is important also for that other reason, like we need um, our brand every time people encounter it to build on the impression, the know, like, and trust. So people have that growing sense of familiarity and comfort with our brand to be willing to invest in it. And if we're changing up our colors every time, it might be like going back to that one time rather than building up to that seven times of encountering the brand. You bring up a really good point. That was the other thing I was going to make sure I mentioned is being consistent with your colors and how you use them. And there's like, you, you always want to, I always say work with three to four, but have a primary, like realistic. We have black and purple. Those are like our two. And then we use two spot colors of a magenta and yellow. And when I go through this, I can explain, I'll use my business as an example. And then I can, I actually kind of looked at, cause I looked at your brand colors and I'm like, I now I like yours are perfect for what your business is and what you're trying to do. So like, it's like, for example, the first color I'm going to go for is red and red stands for passion and excitement. It can stand for anger, um, but it's supposed to simplify significance and importance. So that's why you always, you know, stop signs, anything that's like of a major sign. Like if you think of signage, signage is a great example too. If you think of any signage, that's like getting our attention. Whenever you see a red light, you know, to stop like that's, you know, also there's, it's interesting. There's lots of different ways to think about red because red can be in different tones. Cause there's tones too, right? Like if you see just fire engine red, you're like, Whoa, I need to listen to this. And that's like, if you need to, they always tell like women to wear red during um, that. There was an old, I, I don't think that I think go by, by all means do it, but a lot of women will wear red uh, in interviews to be like, to stick out, to be like, Hey, listen to me, pay attention to me. Whereas men will wear navy blue because it's like a power color. Um, so that's why you see a lot of politicians wear those colors. <laughs> but anyways, red and orange are the first two. And I know those are part of your brand colors. So red, we went over that one. Orange is like a playful color. It's vitality. It's friendliness. Um, it evokes energy. So with your business, excitement, like, you know, signifies importance and evoking energy. That's like what you're, you're being like a cheerleader. That's like a big thing. So you, was that intentional or did you just like those colors? I like that you're saying that, um, I hadn't made the connection to the cheerleader. Like when I first picked red, it was cause I had this word that was really important to what I wanted to communicate with my brand, which was spicy. <laughs> okay. going to be bland marketing. It's not going to be playing it safe. Um, and then with the orange, um, I had like, I actually did work with a designer for my brand colors and the images I gave her was, uh, like a bird of paradise flower mm -hmm. and then like a nightscape jungle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, I actually don't know if I was super intentional about orange, but I like it because it does. When I see orange, I'm like enthusiasm mm -hmm. excitement, and I'm like, yes, that's exactly my cheerleader offer. And you have yellow too, which yellow is, it evokes happiness. It's attention grabbing. It also is for, you know, it also can mean empowerment. So like those ones, like I have yellow in my brand too. And it's because of, I was like, well, I want, I, I, I love yellow. Um, and I, in my personal brand, I have a turquoise, which I'll get into when we think of like, you know, the mixed colors, but I'm kind of going on more of the primaries right now because there's a whole color wheel and they, these all can mean things, but like the, the way, the biggest thing I want to say is knowing your intent, like your intention and really thinking about that. And you need to think of the other user, not just yourself. 
And if your user or if your um, customer is like you, then you are your best person. But really being empathetic towards who you're trying to attract will be how you should look at using color. Um, but green, I'm gonna, I'll go, I'll just kind of finish. I'll go like lightly go through some of them. Um, but green is, it evokes stability, prosperity, growth, which is why a lot of banks um, are green or, uh, you know, any, any sort of like gardening, guard, you know, anything lawn company like John Deere, like those, you know, they're, that one's a little bit more literal, but anytime where there's growth happening, like finance, finance companies, Acorns, it's like a financial app, like any, I think loan companies are like that too, even though you're not really growing anything from them. They're, they're trying to create like growth, stability, that kind of thing. Um, with blues, and I'm going to go with light blue and dark blue because they're sort of different. They're the same, but different. Like light blue is, it's like tranquil tranquility and trust and openness. And it's like kind of signifies innocence. Like you'll notice that a lot of like hospitals have lots of light blues in them because you're wanting to be calm. It's it's a really stressful place. Um, so there's lot, usually a lot of blues on blue wall, like light blue walls. And then dark blue is stands for professionalism, security, trustworthy. It's like more mature. So you'll notice most banks are, are some sort of dark or navy blue for that reason. And you've probably always seen it that way. I, I was trying to think of an example. I think I had one bank that wasn't, it was simple, but now they're um, a different bank, but they had, they had gone with like purple and green. And I was like, that's interesting, but purple actually signifies royalty and creativity and luxury. So again, why we picked purple for ours was we wanted to show creativity and also like, you know, we were like, let's, let's be a little bit more fancy. <laughs> and it's also a, uh, it's just a really pretty color, but that's, we wanted to show it's like a creative color and like luxurious color. And pink is a, fem a feminine color, but it also is an, in an innocence color also is luxury. And then brown is like earthy old fashioned. Um, you know, it's, and brown is one that is a little bit harder. I wouldn't, recommend it for a brand unless you really brown you really have to kind of think like who I always think of brown as a good color for a brand if you are really doing something it is getting in the is like earthy and is like you really have to kind of be intentional because a lot of people have like a eh, when they first see brown <laughs> and then white um I mean I always say everybody should use white in their color palette because it's a cleanliness color it's health it's simplicity um, if you're looking to look a little bit more affordable, high end white is kind of like it does that. But a lot of times, if you you know, a lot of things are on white backgrounds, so you can't necessarily have like a white logo. Um, gray is very straightforward. It's this new, it's like a neutral tone, so it's subdued, classic, kind of mysterious. Um, I would I would never use it. I would use it as like a, a spot color. And then black is powerful, sophisticated, edgy. It's a modern feeling. A lot of people use black because it's you know. Um, a lot of times black is great to use. I think most people use black in their logos or for brand colors, but if you are like, Hey, I don't ever want to go with a, you know, any, a color palette. I just want to be like black. Then you can use lots of fun spot colors. So does that like, is that, I, is that, I hope no one's getting like, Oh, <laughs> I, I know it was kind of listing yeah. things off, but as an example, can you walk us through, um, how you chose your brand colors or, or what they represent or what you were communicating with them? Yeah. So, um, we've gone through three different 
three brands because of when we were five years old, um, just turned five this year. And um, congratulations. I, thanks. <laughs> and we originally, I had always come from, I love the color. I always call it Tiffany blue, but it's like that turquoise color, which turquoise is like a communication color. It's, um, it evokes, because it's a mix of blue and green, it's like the mix of stability and trust. And again, I just liked it because I liked that color and, and I didn't think that much about color theory in it. But then I realized, oh, this is so much about my own values. And so when I originally, that was like an original color. And then my business partner, Taylor, liked this red color. It was kind of like a more of a, like a lighter red. So those were our colors when we first started. And when we kind of started growing and getting to know each other and getting to know the kind of clients we wanted, um, we really wanted to be able to lean into, we like, we basically made a list of like the clients we wanted and what we, what kind of services we wanted to provide. And we came, like, black was always like, black is just so clean and it does, it is modern and it is like, and it's just like a modern, like luxurious feeling. It's, it's always, it's just right there straightforward. And like, you can kind of do any sort of, you can use any sort of typeface with black, I think. Um, because you want to, I, I was, I was, you want to have a contrast. You always want to have a contrast. If you use two, if you have a really crazy logo, that's really crazy colors. It's, you're not going to be able to, it's going to be like, no one's going to understand it, but you. So the biggest thing I want people to take away from this is people, you may understand something and you may like something, but your audience might not, or your customer might not. So you really have to always be thinking about who you're trying to attract. So we wanted to attract, attract a little bit more like our client, our ideal client is someone that's just out of the startup where they've been, they've done their homework. They've really, they found out that, that what they're selling is working and they're wanting to scale up. So they're ready for like the 10 K packages. They're ready for that. They're ready to, to go that route. So we were like, you know, we like purple really, it's a luxurious and it's also an innovative color. So we wanted to show innovation. Um, and it was also a more um, gender neutral color as well. It wasn't suggesting, because sometimes like design companies can look really, you know, male or feminine. We wanted to look a little bit more gender neutral. And then I just really enjoyed pink and yellow uh, because I, yeah, I, I mean, yellow is my other favorite color. And I really like that yellow evokes optimism and is like a really like, it, it's a good, it's a good contrast to those dark colors. Cause you always want a good contrast with colors and pink. We, the, it's more of a magenta and I would say magenta kind of evokes it's, you know, it's kind of, a, it's almost, it's like an almost purple pink. So it's like, I would say it's kind of, you know, you're, you're having a mix. If you think about like purple and pink, it's sort of that mix between being like, like innocent, but being like creative, it's, it's just, but it, we use it lightly in things. So that's kind of where we went. I would say the basis of it is that we use like black and purple, but yeah, that's sort of where I went with it. Does, did that help? <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like for you, before you decided on your brand colors, you you knew your ideal customer, um, where they were at in their journey, what they wanted to do next. Um, you knew as a brand who you wanted to appeal to and the impression you wanted to leave. And so I'm curious, how did you document this for yourself? Did you have like a messaging framework or was it a conversation or let the people know 
how you kind of documented or solidified your vision before you felt ready to get your brand colors together? So what I ended up doing is one of the, I ended up running one of our like services on ourselves, which we do a brand workshop. And I, my business partner and I got together and basically did our brand workshop together, which is like a bunch of questions. And like, since we're remote, we had to do this virtually, which was, we actually like, we're on zoom and had sticky notes and we, and we have all these questions we answer. And that's when we like, we like kind of put them down and even we like document got like, put them in like a, um, I think we put them in like a, a Google document and eventually made our own brand guidelines book, which our brand guidelines, when we make brand guidelines, it has like the brand strategy built into it. So it eventually went into that, but we basically had this like brand session. Then we, then we like both, um, we talked about that on there, like how we wanted people to, how we wanted our um, users to feel when they saw us and all of that stuff. So we really talked about all this. It was a lot of answering questions and getting into what we wanted, which is, you know, as a business owner, it's like when you, it's funny when you do the thing that you do, you like forget to do it for yourself. So it was really good to like do it for yourself, <laughs> like make the time to do that for yourself. And it's cool because you get to like, you're not trying to, um, you're, you're your own client. So, but you're, but you're your own client, meaning you can like be very flexible with it. You'd be like, oh yeah, like, well, maybe we don't want that kind of client. Like you get to kind of, you get to make the rules. And so you get, to, and we also got to tweak how we did it, but yeah, we went through that and then took a Pinterest board and both took time away and pinned, shared a Pinterest board and like pinned images of colors, logos, basically made a like sandbox as we call it of imagery. And we kind of looked at what the common colors were there and then thought, does that relate back to color theory? And like, what do these fonts mean? So it was, it was a kind of a mix of like diving deep on what we wore, what we wanted. And then looking at things because so much stuff is subconscious, like the way you, what you like and what you're attracted to has meaning. So you just have to think about how, how that like actually think about, well, like that attracts, why do I like that? And sometimes you just like something and you don't have a way to like say why, but knowing that there's like meaning behind these things and how people are attracted to it is, so you just like, you kind of use yourself as a test subject and see like, well, do I, would I want me as a client? And we, yeah, so that was kind of our process was going through our, our workshop for with ourselves. <laughs> yeah. What I'd love to highlight for the people here is this like, wasn't like a one-off conversation or like some downloadable PDF you put together in an hour like this is an intentional process. Like Pam is a busy professional and you can probably surmise from that process how much time she and her business partner set aside to think about this, to brainstorm, to tweak it, to get it right. And I, I want people to understand that because I know for a lot of my clients in my decade plus marketing career from startups to small businesses, to mid-sized to enterprise companies have a really hard time being like, I need to set time aside to look at the big picture and check in and on my vision because it's so easy to be like, how do I make the money today? How do I serve the people today? So people get so caught up in the day-to-day -to -day tasks 
they have a lot of trouble prioritizing this big picture work, but then they wind up having to go back and fix stuff about it later. And so it's so important to build it into your process right from the start when you're making decisions to have this time set aside to be checking in with your big picture. So just wanted to highlight that um, on that, Pam. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I feel like, you know, I have a friend who does CEO days. Like she takes a full day and she's a designer too. And it's, she's like, it's the full day that I dedicate to my business. And I make my, you know, I make it quarterly, a quarterly. And she's like, I'll change things. And she's a one woman show. So like, she's, she kind of has to do that. Whereas like my business partner and I can kind of tag team things. Cause this was obviously like we, this was not all done in one day. We had to like section stuff out, but you know, it's, it's, it's the, I'm not saying by all means that I'm really good at it, but I'm just, I'm glad that you like, sometimes you just have no choice, but to make the time. Cause you're like, I, you keep, there's only so many times you can keep telling people, Oh, I have have a new website up. I'm going to have, we're rebranding. And then you're just like, I sound ridiculous. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but, um, it's a time commitment because, um, I don't want to put it like this, but when you're choosing your brand colors, you're kind of stuck with them for a while. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't want you to feel like you're stuck with your brand colors. So I want you to have this process where either you put in this time or a designer you hire puts in this time so that you can use your brand colors consistently enough without feeling like you're stuck with them. You're like, yeah, I love these colors. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And if you, if you know your intention behind it, you'll, you'll understand why you like using them, you know? Yes. Exactly. So, um, Pam, I know I'm getting a little off topic from the discussion guide I sent you, but I actually wanted to ask you about um, what it communicates for this one trend I've been seeing. So I've noticed a lot of the people that I actually really enjoy following on Instagram, like um, cool business marketing gurus who are kind of alternative. I have noticed this trend lately of really stripping down the brand colors and like really like a black and white mm-hmm. and I'm trying to decide how I feel about it. Like, cause I think th- one of the things it communicates is like, all you need is me, all you need is me. And that's the value, which is a really interesting message. But I was wondering if you could comment on that, on just like literally just black and white, what that communicates and what you think that says as a designer. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a minimalist designer. So, I mean, I, I love colors too, but Oh man, like a black and white, like minimalism with a black and white and like a really, so there's two ways to think of it. Black and white, like I would say like we use black and white, like a lot of times it's a great way because as I said before, contrast is key when you're using anything. And what you can use instead of colors is like, you get to be more fun with your, your, the font you choose. So you can be more bold. You can like, you can, you can basically use design in different ways. Some I, I really, I have a hard time with some of these. I think everybody start, starts to look the same sometimes. So like, yes, the it's just the way you do it. I, I kind of, there's so many brands that are so famous for being black and white, like Nike does it and Adidas has done it. Like a lot of, a lot of like high end uh, luxury brands go black and white. Like, you know, any editorial fashion brand will go black and white and use pictures as like the way that they pop color forward. So that's sort of a way to do it is, hey, I'm going to just really lean into like when I have anything that's like type or a graphic, 
they you'll usually kind of see that they tend to be a little bit more photo um, reliant, which I don't think is necessarily it can be good and bad. It just it depends on how you use it. Um, I with when people and brands use black and white, and I love that you said that the like you have a good um, observation there that it's just me. So if that's what your intention is, and you want people to just be focused on you, and that's it, then that's fine. But you know, what what else about you? So can you use photos? Can you use a different typeface? Like there's different ways to be a little bit more unique without using color. But I, what I love with a black and white is you can totally use a spot color really well in it, like black and white and yellow, black and white and like a, like a, a green and use that. Like you can use it minimum. You can still have your lovely black and white because it can look really nice. Um, but it's, it's just like the way you use it. And if that's the intention you have behind your brand, you know? I, I think, but it is, there is something to be said, to be said for being like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to say. And it is becoming, I've noticed it too, but I also want to say that being careful of the, cause I know a lot of people on here, um, probably use Canva and that there's templates, be careful, like really look at how people are using stuff and like, try to make yourself stand out in a way that you're not becoming in this as some of me and a couple of designers always say the sea of same on Instagram, because, you know, colors do help you pop out and typeface. So I hope that, I mean, I know that's a kind of a, it's a, it's a subjective question. And you also ask someone who does love black and white. (laughs) Yeah. I think like, it's so important to highlight it's subjective and that I'm glad you brought up the cultural bit, like colors might mean something different in different contexts. Yes. And accessibility. Like if someone's colorblind, that's another one I wanted to bring up too. Yeah. Great point. So how do we balance color being subjective with using it to communicate our identity? Is it really the intention behind it is how we use? Yeah. And you also, I mean, there's, there's a whole other realm that's really important and that's usability on a website because that's, if you're wanting someone to do something um, and, and you have like a motive, like red and orange are probably really hard to have as like colors for things because someone who's colorblind is going to have a hard time with that. <laughs> so you have, really have to think about, I think like if your website is going to be the main driver or like of like you getting sales and doing stuff, you, you really have to be careful of what those color, where those colors are going to be. And if you're wanting someone to be able to click on them. And so that's, yeah, intention's a big one about that. And, but there's different, different, um, hues of, of colors. So like, like a maroon is going to give off a very different thing than like a bright red, but they can both be a red, you know? So it is, it's subjective and it's also usability. I'm not sure if that correctly answered that question. And so here, let's talk a little bit about the sea of same. So, um, one thing that I do get concerned when I hear like business gurus telling you what you should do with your colors is like, it, it creates like a lot of copies of their yes. marketing, yes. Um, which makes me nervous. So I, I want to highlight this, like, what is your business communicate? What do you want to communicate so that, um, yes. because I've noticed like, especially that since like a lot of mentors are going the, like, all you need is my brain and my wisdom. So I'm not putting 
all I'm doing is black type on a white background for my Instagram carousels. I've noticed that like carry off to a bunch of other people. And then, um, another funny one was I used to do marketing for a market research company and they did like a big, broad ranging study for a bunch of different tech companies. And like, I think they looked at like some huge number of companies, like fifties, hundred or something. And they did like color palette comparisons and almost all of them were like barely varied, um, muted teal, like green colors. And then there were like two that had different color palettes. And so, um, I'm curious if, if you could share some insight on how, okay. One, how do you stand out and then two, how do you not stand out in a bad way? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So how you stand out, um, you, I mean, you can, let's see here. I'm trying to think of like, I like, I'm a visual person. So I'm trying to think of any good examples here when you can have something designed really well, then, cause you're thinking about like, everything comes back to what kind of emotion is this going to like create? So really, if you use color in a, in a really good way, like there's, um, what is that one called? It's, it's, I feel like it's, I was, I was just looking at it. I'm just going to pop it up on my phone. Cause I saw it rocket money, I think, um, they're like a financial app that is purple. Like they use purples and pinks, which is very different than anyone else in like the financial sector. And I kind of, I was remember being like, oh, that's interesting because so many of these finance companies use blue or green and purple is just, it's different. So if you, I think sometimes if you don't come out like, like you have to have also good other elements that support your color choice, meaning the way you've used typography, the way you've, with the photography you've chosen, that can all help support like if you have strong design all around and you're not just picking a color to be like, Hey, look at me, I'm here. Like it all has to be intentional and like make sense, but you can, if you do the other parts, well, you can look different above it. Like, and so I guess it, I I mean, I feel like I'm a broken record here, but I feel like the intention behind it and really um, being not doing something just because you're, you're just like, I just really want to stand out, but like really you have to actually like put, spend some time into it and really be like, okay, well, so lots of other companies are this and be able to actually maybe explain even in your cop, like the way you use, you choose copy when you're, it all has to kind of come together to support that bolder color choice. Wouldn't you think so? Like, have you, have you, cause I know like you've, you, some of your clients, have you that advised them with like word usage and stuff? And then it really made everything come together and it made sense. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like that example, um, y'all can look at this if you want, it's rocketmoney.com. Like what I thought when I looked at those colors is like different colors, different approach. Like this yeah. is approaching finances in a different way than we're, what we're used to. Yep, yep. Um, so that's that's kind of like, if you have something that's in that industry, but it's different, That's that was a great way. I'm glad you said that because that's why they did it, you know, is intentional. <laughs> Yeah. And I honestly, I don't know anything about this company, but that, again, that was the thing that got communicated to me by like glancing at their colors for one second, <laughs> like literally just one second. And it's actually interesting because I'm thinking back to my own colors and um, 
to be real, I, I wasn't, I don't know if I was like, I think a lot of this like came out subconsciously in my colors, which I feel lucky about, but I was just telling Pam, like, you can swear, be as inappropriate as you want on those. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, my big, bold primary colors are like not shy, quiet, demure colors. So, and it fits with my brand voice. So I was just yep. like, Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it means it means you knew your company and you know you know yourself and I mean you're wearing red on this call you know like you you have like a full vibe and <laughs> I always say actually one of my favorite things to do in my own I mean I'm not doing it today but like I mean I'm wearing a white shirt because you guys can't see us um, but like is always wear a color pop piece and that like and think about like you could actually experiment with color on yourself before you like go with what your brand is like thinking about the shirts you wear what. Like if you decide to buy a shirt and then see how people like react to it when you're in different crowds. Like when I wore that yellow suit to um this like conference I went to, so many people came up and talked to me. <laughs> like, and there were a lot of women wearing like very bright, beautiful colors, but like it's, you think about like how color attracts people and what they, because we're so used to that. Like we're just, we're, unless you are probably colorblind or blind you don't know like you colors evoke like since birth we've 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 been associated with what colors mean based upon like it like it like I mean there's a whole other I'm not going to go into the weeds about that but like just biologically the behavior like color like affects human behavior and that's what's so cool about it (laughs) um what was the other question was like bad the bad way of um um so how so if you know you kind of want to stand out, or actually, are there times when you shouldn't? Yeah, let's start there. Are there times when you shouldn't want to stand out with your brand colors? Um, I think it depends on what your service is and what types. Again, it comes back to who, what is your service? What is your offer? What is your company? What do you want to provide? And where, like, because you really, that's really where you want to go. So like, if you want to stand out and you're looking for the type of person that is if you're like wanting to cast like a full net and not have like a, you know, like you could just have like really people might, people might kind of think, oh, that's because people have very different. It's interesting people's um, reactions to really bright or not as commonly seen colors that it can create curiosity because they're like, hmm, I've never seen it that way before. Like it will, if you want that curiosity, but maybe not like the, it it just depends on what kind of, because I know that sometimes like companies that are high profile companies make things more expensive so that they get just that small. It's kind of like that with color too. Like if you want to really be more subdued and be like, you know what, our product speaks for ourselves. Like, I mean, there's plenty of brands that are really just, I feel like the best example is um, any fashion brand is really a black logo and, and the things that speak for them are like the imagery, but like, any sort of high hedge fund company, you probably wouldn't see it anywhere because they're not trying to cast a net for everybody. So it kind of depends on what your intention is and what you're wanting to attract. Um, I think that that would probably make the most sense. But like, I think the biggest thing that like small business entrepreneurs make is doing that because they're like, oh my gosh, I want to just, they don't think about the intention. They think about, I like this color. I haven't seen it anywhere else and I'm just going to use it. And it's like, okay, well, red, like, you know, using purple or pink for a industrial business. I don't know if that will work, you know, like it's, 
that might, that might be a bad example, but I'm just kind of thinking like, what do you, it, it all comes down to what you want to attract. <laughs> Sorry, I bumbled around there for a little bit. <laughs> like tie a bow on this section. Cause I want to talk about usability next is, um, we're picking your brand colors. It's subjective. Like don't worry about it too much, but do pick colors that you love and you feel like represent and communicate what you want your brand to communicate. So you can use them consistently enough to be recognizable. So you don't have to do what everybody else is doing unless you feel like using colors like that is communicating what you want to communicate. And if so, great. If not, choose your own colors. (laughs) Yeah. So the other topic though, is usability, which is such a great point. So you mentioned already that we need to be aware that of colorblindness and that, um, things might not stand out if we're picking colors that can't be seen with people who, um, have colorblindness. The other thing I'd love for you to talk up to, cause this is, I'm not even a designer, but this drives me crazy when there's really low contrast between the font and the background. Mm-hmm. Like this drives me absolutely nuts when I see it. Can you tell the people why <laughs> contrast matters? <laughs> well, it really comes down to, um, you have to realize that. So one thing that we learn as a designer, and I started my career in like the retail fixtures industry. So like making signage that was going to go into stores and for like retail, like, you know, really high, awesome, like like crazy things that would go into like, like an experience that would happen in like a store. And you have to think about, we always, always they always talk about like, okay, there's, there's kind of these three points of like engage. It was like something engaged this. And like, you have to, like, I remember we always, we always had to like, think about what the percentage of the font would be on um, a sign. So like, and they was always white on dark because you have to always think about how far away is someone from something they need to be able to read it. And I know a lot of people probably aren't making these huge signs, but like even on a phone or your website or whatever, people, you can't just assume because you can see it and you like it that, uh, that other people are going to be able to see it. Like you have to, I mean, I always kind of use my, my dad's a really good example. He's like, I'm old. I can't see that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you have to, cause white on black is actually can be really hard for people to see because what, and it's, and I, and you know, it, it does work because we do no more and more. We have like the dark, you can choose between the dark screen and the white screen, um, like on a Mac or what, however you want to view things. But, um, for printing, I'm thinking of printing when you print white on black because of printers, it can blur. So when you do, or if you do like a white on like a dark, it, it, like if you're ever going to print, I would really go against using a dark with a white font because it'll, it can like bleed and you'll get like bleated, like you won't really get to read things. And that doesn't happen all the time. It's just a forewarning. Um, but the, the importance of it is you just, you can, you need to be able to communicate what you're seeing. And if you use like, you know, a red font on a green background, it's going to be hard to see. Plus red and green always look like Christmas. It doesn't matter. <laughs> People love it as a complimentary color, color, but it always looks like Christmas. Um, but you, yeah, you need to always have something that's, if you're going to do anything, it, it either has to be that the type has to be dark or the background has to be light. It's just, cause you need people to see it. And you, it's always one, you always have to think like, how is the user seeing this? And are they understanding the idea I'm trying to communicate? It's, it's all about really is, is the community, is, is this getting like digested? <laughs> yeah. So I know 
I have a shy against like cardinal or hard and fast rules, but beware of yellow font on a white background or like orange on a white background. That's real hard on the eye to to see. Um, The only way you can get away with it, sorry to interrupt, but the only, the only way to get away with that is using larger, larger font. So, and that's again, talking about the, this idea of contrast is, well, then you're contrasting with space and object in space. So if you want to have like a really large, like, you know, I don't like the word happy is in my head. So happy in yellow on a white background, you probably want to go with more of like an amber kind of like, like a more mustard yellow. Cause that would be, that would probably look a little bit better, but you, you just want to make sure that the thing is bigger because if it's just small paragraph font on a white background, no, that's not, our eyes can't see that <laughs> unless you're wanting it to just be an artistic, like texture pattern. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you'd, so in like a brand color guide, do you want to briefly tell us the difference between like a primary brand mm-hmm. color and an accent color? Yeah. So I have over my years of like doing brand design, I've, you know, you always like grow and learn on how you do this. And I used to always be like, you know, have the hard and fast rules of stuff. So the one thing that I've started doing is having, I create this, like, um, like I have like, because there was one client where it actually was really important that we had more colors for them because they were a company that we needed to be able to have lots of signifiers for things. Um, cause colors are really great way to like put things in cat if you need to have categories for stuff. Um, but I would say like a primary color is the color that you're going to use and have, uh, the most. So like, um, Twitter's primary color is that blue. Like that's what you see. That's what you see is like, that's Twitter. And that's like the, what you'll get known for, you know, like, uh, it's like the Nickelodeon, I'm seeing Nickelodeon, the old Nickelodeon with the orange. Like, it's just that color that people know you as that, but there is also like, you know, NBC, the peacock, right? Like that's like a bunch of, I feel like that's maybe four, I don't know, four or five colors. So it's really like, I think that the primary color rule can be flexible. Um, but you usually have the color that's seen the most. It's where if you go to a website and you see this one color, and sometimes that's black. I mean, black is probably one of our primary colors with purple. Um, and then I go secondary and tertiary. Um, the secondary is like, you know, that I would say like for me, realistics is black. It's secondary is purple and it's tertiary is, um, yellow and magenta. And so the way that that works is what's used most blacks used the most then purple comes and then you, the, the spot color is more with like what I would say tertiary is. And that's where you use that more sparingly, you know, it's there to, to add value. Um, it's there, like, you know, if you are feeling like things are looking boring, it, it adds a little bit more excitement to what you're doing, but then creates, if you're using it consistently and there's fun ways to bring, um, spot colors into design or into your branding where it can be like an underlining or a highlighting of something or adding just like a little, like it, you can use it to, to just like add a little bit of oomph to it, you know? Awesome. I'm wondering if we could give a quick example of like, like a, a your homepage on the website. So um, maybe you can 
I'll, I'll tell you a part of the page and you can tell me whether you'd recommend that be a primary, secondary or tertiary color. Would that you, work? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to give me a website to go to or like, what are you? Or just like if you were designing one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you were designing um, like a sales page for a website, what would the background color be with which? Hmm. Well, it would depend on like, so I would say if it's like a sales page, um, gosh, it would be, it'd be kind of hard to, I haven't minded the dark backgrounds of some of them. Like black can be, it's black's being used a lot now. Um, if you're going to use a dark one, like the navies are pretty good or like, a like, you know, if you're kind of going like that, like kind of works above the fold cause it's different. But um, again, I guess it kind of comes down to what your company is. I keep thinking about like, well, what would be the company? I like white uh, for if you oh, really. Okay. If we So if we're thinking like of a brand, let's say they have a great primary, secondary and tertiary mm-hmm. brand colors. Would you okay. use like a primary color? One of the primary colors as the background, as long as like it has enough contrast with font, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. Um, Or if you are wanting to, yeah, I would do that. And then you would use like your tertiary or your secondary tertiary for like the buttons or whatever, probably secondary for the buttons. Um, but yeah, that's like how I would do it. Sometimes it can be depending upon where your logo is in that scenario. Cause your logos, I mean, you'll have like white and black versions of your logo anyway. Like that's like, you know, good to have, but if you're wanting to have, if your logo has all those things and you're wanting your logo to be a little bit more present on the site, I would be like, you know, definitely just use white and then the, what the primary color would be, would then land into like being what your button colors are going to be and like bolded okay. font and have a white background. Um, and so if we think of stuff like the head, like the headline, like the yeah. big text, would mm-hmm. that be like either a primary or secondary color? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then buttons would be either a secondary or tertiary. They could be primary too, depending upon if you like used a white background. I always say white's kind of like a given color. It's like part of your palette. Like I always have to make sure to be like, Hey, this is like the color that can be any of these, because there's going to be times that your logo is going to have to be all white. If it's going to be printed and like be something like needed to be to like be, if you're like sponsoring something, they generally want logos to be all black or all white, but yeah, you, you want the color that's showing up. That's it's going to always be like the, the more primary color, the more look the you probably want your primary color to be the most seen, mm-hmm. you know, like you'll, uh, if you're, you're, and then you kind of can pop in the pops of color, but yes. So if it's like a white background, you'd use your primary color as like your bold text and like the buttons, um, you know, that that's, yeah, gotcha. that's it. Okay. <laughs> so, like, so just for, th- I'll just like summarize that. So for like your website, it, say you have a great, um, brand color guide put together and you've got primary colors, you've got secondary colors and you've got tertiary colors. So your background would either be a primary color that can, from your brand kit, or it would be black or white. So something that can provide a lot of contrast with the other elements on the page. And then your, um, so like your headers, your H1s, your H2s, your H3s are either going to be a primary color if you're just using a black or white background or a secondary color. Yeah. Um, and then like your body text is going to be like secondary or tertiary color. Um, no, you'll still sit. You'll, I would apply the same rules with, um, because generally you'll want, well, I guess if it's on a white background, you would probably just have it be like black, you know, or 
like you, it'll be kind of, it's, it's fluid, <laughs> but I would okay. go with the rule of contrast, right? So sure. if, um, if you're wanting the headlines to be sticking out, then yes, secondary tertiary. Um, but sometimes there are people that are like, if it's on the black, black or darker background, then you would just make probably everything white. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. So we care first about whether you can read it. <laughs> yes. That's like legibility. Contrast is so key. I, I feel like the main yeah. things that I want to like, that I would say, I feel like I've been like a, I've re repeated a lot are, you know, intentionality with your colors and then contrast with your colors, your color palette. Like when you were even picking your color palette, like I made sure with mine that black magenta and yellow were actually all really complementary, but contrasted colors, because then I could work with, I'd have a sandbox for myself to work with. I mean, white and black are in there too, but like, you want to be able to have legibility because <laughs> you want people to know what you're providing. Gotcha. So, okay. So let me rephrase that then. Like there aren't hard and fast rules other than make sure it's legible and make sure your primary color is the most visible thing <laughs> yeah. on page. And that, um, if you want to add some other pops in there, use make it your secondary or tertiary colors so that everything is recognizable as your brand and your brand is also recognizable as legible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and be consistent with how you do that. Like you don't don't change it every time. Um, I feel like you could change out the way it's like you could have fun with the way you make. And I think if, I think, you know, we talked about like, what if people get sick of stuff, you can maybe could change one of your secondaries to be the primary because people will just start getting used to seeing the colors all together. So that's a way to do it sometimes because you can kind of test what people are liking. And if you're like getting bored with it, at least you're playing in the same playground, you know, and you're being consistent about the colors you're using. It's because there's lots of brands that do that. They'll like kind of change up, like what's the dominant color. Um, so that's, that's another way to do it. <laughs> gotcha. And I'm just, I had two more questions for you, but I'm yeah. just realizing we went a little over. Do you have a few minutes? Oh yeah, I do. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So, um, well, as we're coming to the close of this super helpful conversation, I wanted to give you some time to talk about, is there anything you see with brands use of colors that you're just like, please stop doing that. Like if I <laughs> you one piece of wisdom that would like make your marketing life so much better. Like don't do this with colors anymore. What is that? <laughs> uh, I, I like am really over the beige and Brown for mm -hmm. specifically healing companies because everyone's doing it. Um, the beige Brown pale pink. Um, and it, and it, I understand it tends to be with like many, um, female owned companies or maybe not even female owned, but like the beige and Brown really doesn't stick out very much. Um, and I just think that, yes, it is a contrast, but uh, it's being seen a lot. Like a lot of people are getting into these earthy tones and it's very, um, it's very common that I, I also understand that people are just kind of picking Canva templates and then just adding a, a darker, I've seen it multiple times where I see the exact same Canva template that was made into a post, but they made the shade slightly darker. And I'm just like, and, and I, and I think that like, there's some beautiful ones that have done great. And I'm sure people were like, well, I was, I just did it. Cause this is like what I liked, but you, again, like we were talking about, like, that's kind of happening with WordPress sites. The more people are able to like build stuff out they're just sort of, I would really venture to try to make something your own and really look into why you like it. And if it actually is like, cause that's like the one thing that I can't stand is the sea of beige, the sea of same and the sea of beige. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So like to highlight this for folks, like we're not saying you can't use photo or colors. We're talking about colors. Um, we're not <laughs> use colors that everybody else uses, but if you're going to, you're going to need to really up your game on how you're going to use the same colors. Everybody else is using. And like, and, and fonts and, and yeah, like you need to, cause there's different ways you can use them. Like mm-hmm. it's just having, and that's, I mean, I guess that's what and I understand like if you're a business owner and you're doing this all on your own, you may, it does require time. So mm-hmm. if you are able to like, you know, invest, if you realize, I mean, obviously what's really great, I there's, I've always loved the business owners that have, cause when they come to me, they're at that point where they're like, I've been trying to do this. And like, I'm realizing I, it's sucking my time and I don't, it's like, I was able to get it this far to reach like this number. And now I'm ready to, like, I just had a client do that. She's like, I'm ready to actually like make this, like, I, I can't do this for myself anymore. I'm wasting time. So, cause I understand the reason that happens is people are just kind of like, I just need to get out there. I don't care about, I don't care about, like, I don't have the time to think about color theory and what this thinks this business is doing it. They seem successful. So if I do it, I'm going to be successful, which I think we all know is not the right approach. <laughs> yeah. So that leads perfectly into my last <laughs> question, which is, um, So if you're hearing this conversation and you're like feeling really overwhelmed, how might a designer just take all the stress off your plate? Why would you want to partner with a designer to get this color thing right for you? Well, I mean, not just color, but even like typeface, like the right photos to choose. A designer, like they are obsessed with the details. Their their favorite thing is doing this and they can do it it will take, I mean, (laughs) I've had a client that she would take her like, you know, an hour to do something I could do in 10 minutes. And it's just like, how much time does that get you now have an hour back to do something that will take, like you get all of those 10 minutes of the, you get to have your 10 minute tasks that you can do in an hour to achieve more things. So it's just one of those things where a designer obsesses over these things. They care a lot about these things. I know that like friends of mine who are not, who own businesses, who are not like creative um, business owners, they don't like thinking about this stuff, make, like they just hear it and they're like, oh, I'm not creative. Oh, I'm scared of this. Like, like I don't, I, this makes me so overwhelmed. I'm so bad at it. And it's like, okay, well, I just had to try because I just need to make something. And it's like, well, you know, how serious are you about your business? And like, do you want this to succeed? Like start creating a budget for it, you know? Like start talking. You know what? There's also a great avenue if you're starting out. You're like, well, I don't have a budget to like hire the 10k types of designers. There's so many like college students that are needing internships, and although they're kind of those the types of people you may have to direct more, they still have been trained and went to college, or at least just obsess over. They have the visual aesthetic. They're obsessed with visual aesthetic, and they're going to just. Cause what, sometimes there's things where I'm like, I just do a thing and it looks good to me. And it's really hard for me to explain how to do it to somebody else because it made sense to me as I was doing it, as it is for many people who, when they do something they love for a job, sometimes you can't explain it. And if you get to work with someone who just knows how to do it because they've obsessed over it, they've taught, they've like trained, they've made a lot of it. Then they just save, they save you time. So then you don't have to sit there and be like, why am I reading about color? <laughs> I don't care about it. <laughs> And then also, so I I loved how you put your like, like a color therapist for businesses. (laughs) So I'm imagining like a lot of people might be able to say like, 
my business is innovative, but they don't necessarily connect like mm-hmm. what is how do you say innovative in colors? And someone yeah. could be like, I'm innovative. And you could translate that literally into colors. Or I could come tell you, my business is spicy. <laughs> how do I make the and you could translate that into colors or someone could say, um, yeah. I'm about gentle on the environment and the skin beauty products. And you could t- translate that into colors. <laughs> and I mean, one of the tactics that I've, I'll, I'll just share a little, a little way I do it. That's like that, like you guys can all do at home, take the adjectives, like those things like spicy and like, you know, just like your brands. If she, so what's actually one of the one of the things in our brand workshop is like, what is your, what are some adjectives that you describe your brand? I actually take those adjectives and I like will type them. Well, first off, I'll think about other things like visual things that look like remind me of that. So I would think of like really bright, like spices, like tamar, tamaric, t- tamaric, <laughs> is it turmeric? Turmeric, 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 yeah. like cayenne, like that would be probably something that would go on a vi- like on a, a mood board. And like, God, designers freaking, we fucking love mood boards. Like a designer loves a mood board. If we can like spend it and then we will just sit there and like, we'll kind of like, and it, a mood board is actually all based around color. For me, at least it is. Like I, and my mood boards, I'm always so proud of them. They always look so, they almost kind of look like a gradient of color. And that's where I get my color palettes from is I will put a mood board together based upon these adjectives or verbs or anything that I am very literal and put like on Pinterest or look up on like, you know, design inspiration and I'll put those in there and I'll start kind of, and I'll start deleting things and kind of realizing, oh, this is the color palette based upon these adjectives. And then kind of, so like innovative, innovative is an interesting one. Cause the, when you use that one, that's so broad. So then you kind of have to break down what innovative means and then you can use those words, but that's how I do it. And that's how, and you can kind of start seeing, oh, this like, and you start like thinking about how that makes you feel too. So that that's like, that's my little secret on how to do it. <laughs> That's so cool. And I think um, it probably also gives you clues, right? If you're not being specific enough on what your business is. So if you're just like, I'm an innovative business and you're like, okay, um, to translate it into the colors, I need you to like, give me some more ad- specifically. What are you well, innovative in? <laughs> well, yeah, the questions in the beginning, like especially our brand workshops, which are so fun to do with the client. Um, we usually have, they're like four hours long and we'll like go to the client, but we always find that the client like answers their own questions. And they're like, oh my God, I never talked about it. Like it mean, it's a therapy session about your business. And we use the words, like anything that gets put up, it gets like a full sticky sheet. So you're like sticky, like they will get to, they get to like fully be involved because as we know, as like business owners, especially if we're like small to mid-level, our business is our babies and we want to be involved in it. So they're like, feel very involved in it, but I use all of those words. Like they're all part of it. And it, and it helps you break down. Like I remember I had one, one client who fully was like, after we had like our session together, she's like, I think I realized my business is something completely different than what I thought it was. And it's important, you know, like you, it's, it's good to have that. I have like, I've heard like one concern from someone I was talking to about hiring a designer and we were talking about it a little bit and she was like, I'm worried they're going to tell me what my business should be and it won't feel like me anymore. And Mm. I think what we've communicated through this conversation is if a designer ever does that to you, they did not do a good job because they should be like showing they should be showing you exactly what you want your business to be just translated into exactly. a language. 
Yeah. And I think that there's also, as there are with many people, it's like, you know, there's, I've, the one thing I've, I've found is that there's people who are trying, they, they really have this very different idea of their business, but they want it, but it's not that, but they want it to be something else. So it's, it's teaching them how to get there being like, well, okay, so you're running it. It's basically telling them I'm perceiving it as this, is that what you want? And and then like, it's, it's all about like, I, that's such an unfortunate thing if, if they ever had an experience with a designer like that, because that would be a designer, not like, I, I feel like a designer's job isn't just to sit there. So what I also want to say is that designer's job isn't just to sit there and be your um, like jockey of like, um, I'm just going to do everything you tell me to do, because that's not, that's like being a production designer. And that's, if you are just looking for someone to digitize things you thought of, then don't hire a designer. We don't like doing that kind of work, but like, (laughs) or be specific that you're like, you don't get to be creative. Just, I just need this to be digitized, but like a designer is helping you bring something to life that, and guiding your vision and you get to, and it should be a symbiotic relationship the whole way. It shouldn't be like, I've seen horrible designers that just like, like talk to the client once and there's not a continual conversation. Um, I've always said the reason I think I'm like one of those like kind of unicorn designers is I'm really good with people. So I'm like sitting there continuously making them. I'm like, this is, they, they like invested in me and they want to be part of this and they want to see that they, they've been heard and like that, like their vision's equally a part of the way that this came out. And I think that's like, if you're ever looking to hire a designer, you need to keep like, that needs to be, that needs to be what's happening or you probably shouldn't work with them. (laughs) So if they want to be, do they, is it like common practice for you to be included in like the mood boards that you're putting together to like bring yes. colors yes. and everything? Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So like with my clients, um, we always, I always share that. I like share a private like Pinterest board with them and I'm like, Hey, and you know, some clients don't want to do this because they don't have the extra time to do this. So I always, most of them want to though, but like, there's been a few where we, um, they, 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 we've kind of just taken from the brand workshop and like, like we kind of share like a mood board and then they get to be included. But there's a lot of them where I'm like, Hey, I'm just really interested because I, I can't read their mind. So like, put me in things you like, what are things you like? What are, what are colors that you think like based upon our conversation? Like what are like, so yeah, I include them in it so that they can kind of start understanding. And then they get, it's really cool because they get so much more invested and they're sort of getting educated in the process and like valuing because you're adding value. I mean, it's like they've paid a lot for not just it's not just about a logo. It's about creating a whole language for something that's going to exist everywhere. And then they get to feel like I was part of this. I like I had a hand in this, which they want that, you know, and it's still me. It's still my business. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so- it's the same way with copy, too. Right. Like you're like, hey, how is this? It's all including them in the conversation the whole time and letting them have like an input makes is like the best part, you know, it's, it's, a it's, re- I'm really glad brand branding has evolved that way. Cause it didn't used to be that way. It used to be like, Hey, come to me with six, uh, six options and I'll see which one I like. And I'm just like, this is, I remember when I used to do that and I would just kind of guess on like, you know, I still knew about color theory, but I was just like. I don't know what they like. And like so many people, it's so interesting. So many people are so subjective about like, like fonts and colors and like certain things can rub them the wrong way or look like something they saw before. And they can't like break, they can't break that. 
So yeah, sorry, that kind of pangented there. (laughs) (laughs) Pangented. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So just to put a bow on that, a bow on that for people, like the reason you might probably want to work with a designer at some point, um, is that they can, A, if you don't speak your normal mode of being isn't in a visual language. Yes. Um, yes, you could do it if you want to, but you could probably do it in six hours when Pam could do it in one or a designer could do it in one, you know, so A would save you time that you could be spending in your zone of genius to have a designer who lives and breathes this stuff, take it on for you. And then the other reason is that they're not going to come in or if you hire the right designer, they're not going to just come in and be like, here's what your business should look like. You will be involved and all they will be doing is translating the spirit of your business, how you've communicated into a visual language. And then also with their design sensibilities, they'll be picking colors for you that you can use that are easy to see, easy to contrast, are going to be usable for the people encountering your marketing. And that they'll also, cre- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, they'll, they'll create a brand guidelines for you so that your team, whoever you hand it off with, will have like, they'll know, they'll have every rule of how to do something with a template to it. So then you just have your color palette and your tools and you can just easily have any admin or person who's not a designer just bust things out because all these things were already made like a toolkit. Yeah. And you Sorry didn't to interrupt. have to go to design school. So yeah. like, this is all stuff people went to school for and studied for years and years and years to get this level of knowledge and know-how. And then you just get it in a handy packet yeah. that you can plug in and use. And then also with colors, since it's so important to be consistent, so people can establish that recognition, know, like, and trust with your brand. Um, If you are getting colors that so effectively communicate what you're wanting to communicate and that you love using, you're not going to be bored (laughs) out of sticking with the colors that you need to stay consistent. Yeah. So anyway, Pam, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Irresistible Marketing Pod and share your color theory expertise How can people keep up with you, work with you moving forward? And we'll drop links to this um, for everything she mentions in the show notes. Yeah. um, So I, you can get me at uh, wearerealistic.com. That's our business website. And then you can follow us on, I mean, I think we have a LinkedIn page. We have um, our, our Instagram is realistic agency. Um, So that's the, those are the the ways to get in touch. If you want to just get in touch with me, um, I am PamelaPartington.com and then party Pam is my, my like personal, but, um, yeah, those are, I will be, we are because realistic is, you know, we tend to take clients, you know, we don't, we're, we're probably a little bit, you know, we're, we're a little bit like more mid to high, but I am going to be, uh, once I I'll, I'll have a more proper launch on this, but I'm trying to kind of create maybe a series around teaching the basic design for the startup, um, business owner, just on basic design principles. So that, cause there's a lot of things like we know that you can't, you may not have the budget for a designer right away, but you don't have to come out of the gate with bad design <laughs> or that's not a, that's not an appropriate word to say. I'm going to say, you know, you want to look professional and you want to come out of the gate strong. So I'm going to, I'm working on like a series of like a, educational, like either working with me one-on-one or like having like some free videos or something. So that's something that's in the, this is kind of almost like the little, uh, like this was a 
I would say like Issa, this was kind of, you were like the starting, the igniter of this, this brain baby. So thank you. <laughs> yes. I love igniting brain babies. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um. <laughs> you were <laughs> in conclusion. We've set your brain baby on fire. Um. <laughs> I, I don't, we told you it was spicy. Yeah, um. yeah, it was a spicy, it was a spicy baby. <laughs> But, you know, just because we, I know that there's lots of designers out there that are like, oh man, like they can only pay, they can only pay me a grand or whatever. And, or like, you know, and it's like, that's not to say that like, oh, no one, no one's ever going to work with you. It's just, there's certain things that you can do yourself when you're starting. And then I always say when you haven't, when you're starting a company, this is the best advice I can give to anyone who's like, really you're within your starting company. You're thinking about starting a company. Don't, you don't have to work with a designer right away. You could just do a logo, like a word mark and like be intentional about your colors. See how your business does, like grow your business. See if your product, like your product is good that you're selling and then save money aside for when, like when you're ready to like make, to like make the proper, um, like, uh, hit the, hit the, the, you know, the, I'm going to like purchase button with a designer because you don't, you want to see if things are going to work and if your business is going to work. And I think sometimes people get really hung up on having to look, like there, there's so many companies that tr- like put a lot of money on their branding and stuff right away. And then their product's not very good. If you have a really good product, like there's one of our clients was that way. They came to us. They're like, oh, we just made a, a word mark and we just wanted to make sure that our product worked. And they're like out of the gate doing really well. And they're like, oh yeah, now we're ready to do a logo and proper branding. So that's like the best advice I can give. Yeah. A lot of what we talked about, um, you can do yourself, like yeah. figuring out like who are, who's my customers, what's my offer, what are the adjectives that describe my business? you want help, you can grab the DIY messaging framework on the Emisa messaging website and you can start connecting those dots yourself. If you're not ready to hire a designer yet, you can probably have some colors pop into your mind when you say things like spicy or (laughs) um, nurturing. Yeah. So you can, you can start this out on yourself and then when you're ready to up level can work with Pam. Yeah. (laughs) We'd love to. Um, This was really great. Thanks you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Want more? Check the show notes for how to follow and work with Pam. In the show notes, you can also find some excellent tools and resources for complementary colors, symbolism, and learning about color theory. Thank you for sharing these resources with us, Pam. I also wanted to let you know about Club Content Cauldron coming this March 2023, where I will teach you how to use color to snap into your most potent marketing persona, among many other things. Club Content Cauldron is a four-week creative container starting this March 2023 designed to get your marketing poppin'. In this supportive and festive creative community, you'll get marketing support, cheerleading, and a whole host of friends to inspire you, celebrate the marketing you create, and give you expert feedback to hone your messaging, but only when you want it. Oh, and there are prizes and optional dress themes. So it's a whole month's worth of content and community and cheerleading for a $249 investment. When you sign up, you will also be gifted my tarot spreads for confidence and creativity and be admitted to the private Club Content Cauldron Facebook group where you can start asking me questions and getting feedback on your content today. So you could technically make back your investment in the group many times over before we even start to meet. 
Learn more at the club contact cauldron link in the show notes and feel free to reach out with any questions. All right, that's all for today. Hope you have a good one. Love you. Bye.